Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break Podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way, and that is by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they do this, but they never deliver on their promises, and you need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Klaviyo comes in. Klaviyo helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. And that's why 10,000 innovative brands, including all of our clients at Wavebreak, have switched to Klaviyo. Now, what's the secret to building those customer relationships? Tune in to Klaviyo's Beyond Black Friday docuseries to find out and unlock exact marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going all year round. Just head over to klaviyo.com slash beyondbf for more. Link is going to be down in the show notes below. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Wavebreak Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, founder of Wavebreak. And if you're new here at Wavebreak, we help e-commerce stores maximize their email revenue and stop leaving money on the table. Listeners, I cannot believe it's halfway through the year. Can you believe it? Can you believe it's halfway through the year? We're going to blink and it's going to be Q4. And that's why it's super important that before it's Q4 and you're losing your mind because everything's so busy... You know, it's busy and it's great, but it's it's busy, right? While you can still breathe, and I know you're getting ready, it's time to get ready on the email side. It's time to get your email marketing checked because otherwise you're going to miss out on tons and tons of money. You could easily make 100K a day via email depending on the size of your store on Black Friday, but it's not going to be able to happen if your email list is unengaged and it's not in check. And if you want to learn how to get your email marketing in check, you can use the exact checklist that we use in our business. It's literally our strategy. You can get that checklist at emailsuccesschecklist.com or you can click down in the show notes below while you're listening to the podcast. You know, Just scroll down the show notes, click the link, and this podcast will keep playing so you don't have to miss out on anything. But what you can do is pull up your email software, pull up the checklist, go through it, and you'll know exactly what you need to do in less than five minutes to increase your email revenue. You'll find out where you're leaving money on the table and what you need to do to unlock that extra six to seven figures of additional revenue every single year from your email marketing. So go check it out. Link's down in the show notes. Click it. It's not going to stop the podcast. You can still you can click it, grab it, and keep listening to my beautiful voice. <laughs> but anyway, uh, today I'm super excited because like every week on the show, I interview the people behind some of the top brands in e-commerce, and I get them to share their secrets, and today is no different. Today on the show, I'm joined by Diana Gans from The Groomsman Suit, and they started in 2016, and they did... million in 2018. So just two years in, they grew to a seven-figure company doing $2.5 million. And this year, they're on track and projecting more than $4 million in sales via their online store. And I asked her how she did it. How were you able to grow this? What are the marketing channels you use? And I dove into the details, asked her specific questions, got her to reveal her entire marketing strategy and get really specific on like who to hire, how to hire it, um, you know, how often to do the things she says. I get really granular too. So if you want to learn that method and how she's able to grow her business so fast, and hint, it has not a lot to do with ad spend. 
keep listening to this interview. You're going to like it a lot. So without further ado, let's hop right into it. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Diana. Thanks so much for having me, Dylan. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to dive into your business just because, I mean, it's been growing really fast. I mean, you, uh, well, I'll let you tell the story. Yeah. Um, but, but, but first things first, before we, before we get into kind of like the, the, you know, the, 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 what am I trying to say? The starting, the humble, the, uh, the, the origin story. Thing. That's what I'm trying to say. Before we get into the origin story, could you tell us a little bit about your company and just give us the background about what it does? Yeah, sure. So um, the Groomsman Suit is an online suiting and tuxedo brand. Um, we're not for we're not a rental. We carry a line and de- developed a line of suiting and tuxedos that are less than the cost of most rentals. So for under $200, men can own a high quality suit, tuxedo, primarily for weddings, although it doesn't just have to be for weddings. They're great for work, date nights, other formal events. Um, but we're really convenient option uh, for men to find a great suit. Awesome. And so, I mean, this is a really unique business uh, that you found yourself in, I think, especially in the space, because most of it's very focused on rentals. And here you've created this kind of like direct to consumer uh, e-commerce store. And I know you have an in-person location too, and you've got more on the way. But um, before we get into that kind of thing, like what's your story? How did you get into this? Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's like, what are two women in menswear? So I started this company with my best friend uh, in 2016 and everybody's like, what did two women in menswear, like, what are they, what did you guys do? Like, how did that even like come about? And so really, you know, the origin story is starts with my best friend, Jean. We've been best friends since third grade in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, she got married in 2013 and you know, like most brides, she said to her fiance at the time, like, I'm planning this whole wedding, you just need to get your guys in tuxedos, go. And so she left it up to him. And um, the day the wedding weekend came and, you know, I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. And we um, I sort of noticed guys were like randomly swapping jackets. I mean, they looked okay. But like, some of the fit was like a little baggy. And like, these are young guys, you know, guys in their 20s and like the trash bag prom yeah like oversized your dad's tux type thing and like you know they had gone with a big box rental store and um you know it wasn't until the day after the wedding when Jean, my co-founder best friend was returning some of the tuxedos herself the day after her own wedding that she realized oh my god these guys have spent 250 dollars on something that didn't fit well, like they don't get to keep. And like the logistics are super poor because I'm the one returning them. And so she has a background in fashion. She's been a fashion, a tech designer for really big companies and um, had a great career in retail. And, you know, she said, this is crazy that men don't, can't like reliably buy a suit or a tuxedo for under $200, like not even under $200, like let's start at under $300. And, you know, for she, you know, how she sees clothing. She was like, you know, this is a very simple garment to make. It doesn't evolve much. It's become more fitted over time, but especially in wedding wear, like the trends are not like, it's not super trendy. Like a Navy, you know, you carry a few classic styles and a black tuxedo is a black tuxedo. Like, why is it so pricey? And as and so I have a business background. I went, I got my MBA um, from MIT and she, you know, started talking to me about it. And she was like, you know, this is like, I'm looking into this, Diana. And like, there is really a gap in the market. Like, why doesn't this exist? 
And so, you know, we just decided to try it and give men a better option. And so in 2016, we launched the groomsman suit on a Kickstarter campaign to just test what the interest would be in a line of suiting and tuxedos for under $200. And we sold, uh, I think like a hundred suits and tuxedos in about 30 days. And we were like, Oh my God. And like 30, wow. like, like, yeah. And like, people this is the first that. 30 days. Yeah, like on nice. Kickstarter, nonetheless. Like random people were like, I think buying a suit under $200 on Kickstarter is a good idea. Like that shows you like how n much of a need there was for this. Um, because, you know, there are a lot of suiting options, but not at our, not at this price point and not sold as separate. So like one of the cool things about our brand is like we carry a huge size range and we sell everything as separates. And there are brands out there that that sell suits as sets. So like a 42 jacket is matched with a 36 pant at like a five or $600 price point. Like it's very hard to find suiting under as sold as sets under $300 and now, and we're under $200. So. Wow. That's awesome. Have, yeah. You guys have like really been sort of underserved <laughs> and overcharged for a long time. Yeah. Appreciate uh, what you're doing. You're doing God's work. Um, but <laughs> Seriously, though, but um, fast forwarding to now, can you give me a rundown of the business, like where you're at? Like, what's your revenue look like or employees, if you can just somehow share the size of your yeah. business? Yeah, so uh, 2018 was our second full year in business, um, and we did $2.5 million in sales. So we grew like 270% last year. It was insane. Truthfully, it was a little painful because the growth was so intense. Like, we were s selling out of everything we had, and... Um, but we made it work and we got our legs underneath us from an inventory perspective. Um, this year we're forecasting 4 million in sales. And while that's not, you know, that's still like a huge growth. It's so much more comfortable not being in like the 200 plus, you know, percentile. So um, we're growing really nicely and uh, we um, just, you know, trying to take care of our customers. We've added a few extra product lines um, to, you know, be exciting, but yeah. Nice. So like, how have you, so, I mean, you've been growing like crazy. How have you been able to do that? Like, what's your marketing look like to build this multi-million dollar company? Yeah. So one of them, one of the other things about our growth, which is super unique is that we've been profitable our past two full years in business. So oh, since wow. two yeah, since 2017, we've been profitable, which is pretty unprecedented for an e-commerce brand that like ourselves that has seen this amount of growth. And, you know, the way we've been able to do that, I mean, for a couple, for a few reasons is, you know, we've kept payroll really lean. We work really hard on our back end and our technology, but with marketing, marketing has not been something we've had to spend a ton of money on. Uh, there is a real network effect to our brand. Like we, we grew like crazy from word of mouth because again, like we're serving this like this real gap in the market. People would just tell their friends about us or, you know, inevitably like we have one engaged couple that makes the choice to use us. The average wedding group size is seven people and then, you know, inevitably in that wedding, there are two or three guys that are engaged or about to be engaged that then end up using us for their wedding as well. So um, it just like there's a it was a real viral effect to our start. And um, 
And our SEO is really great as well. So when we launched the company, you know, we not only did we want to offer a great product, but we wanted to be sort of the resource in men's wedding attire. And that meant, you know, writing the book on formal wear, everything from, you know, how your suit should fit to the week of details, like how to tie a bow tie, where to pin the boutonniere, like, are you the best man? Here's some tips on giving a speech. So like we wanted to be more, like I said, than just a really great product. We wanted to give our guys like a great experience. Nice. Yeah, I really love that strategy. So where does this fit into your website? Do you have like a blog or these like separate pages? Okay. Yeah, so we have a massive blog. Okay. um, And like we get, I mean, we've written like our best blog post is about like whether you should, and it's like the number one search. If you search brown, brown, or black shoes with a navy suit like it's the first thing that comes up you know it's like it's a question that everybody has and it brings a couple thousand visitors to our website every month um and again like we just want it to be a really great resource so um our blog has been awesome for that that's awesome what what is your blogging strategy like how often do how often do you publish we publish every week um like one article per week or multiple multiple per week okay. yeah well multiple per week um like how many we, like two three one it's per evolved day. we have different ty- now we have like different categories of posts so we have like longer we do usually do like one longer post pretty comprehensive but we also do short q a's like l- this week we posted uh like you know, what's the respectable time that you can take your jacket off at a wedding, you know, for groomsmen, like when can you ditch the jacket and like, you know, light yourself on fire. So, um, so those Q and A's tend to be a little bit shorter blips that also are shared really well on like Instagram story and stuff like that. Got it. Yeah. That's really cool. And so when you're writing these articles, are you like, did you have SEO in mind from the start? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's been self-taught, so I'm by no means an expert in, in SEO. Like I literally bought the SEO for dummies 101 like book, whatever nice. it is, um, it. that is sitting in our office. It was something that's sort of self-taught, but you know, because starting out, like you have no money in marketing. All you have is like what you can personally do. Like all we had was like what we could, we could do personally. And that was like write articles. So, Um, we just started writing everything under the sun and started to see like very quick results from that, like traffic, website traffic starting to increase. And then we've now like, we are much more sophisticated about our SEO. We've re-engineered our product pages, um, to, you know, be cleaner and like focus on specific keywords. You know, in the beginning we kind of focus, we took we focus on everything. We try to take 25 keywords that were most important to us and like had, um, like weren't super competitive, like had a realistic, like, um, a, uh, realistic ability for us to start ranking well on them. And like, and we started kind of infusing them all over our website, but, you know, as we got going along, like we've, we've dedicated only the best performing pages to those keywords and like expanded. So, I mean, it's really like, I mean, SEO is a real labor of love. You cannot ever stop. Um, You know, we notice if we don't post for a blog for like one week, it's definitely affects us. So um, 
I, it's been really interesting. And, you know, the other thing too with it is like, you just have to be incredibly authentic about it because Google knows, like they know mm. if you are trying to game them and like, you can't stuff a page. Like, no, like you really have to be very uh, in line. Like your title has to be in line with like your meta description, with the body copy, with your, you know, page title, alternative text, like all that really has to be aligned with the same, like with the one, the one or two keywords that you're focusing on. Right. And I think one thing people get mixed up with too in SEO is like, they think, okay, like, I mean, for one, it's like, okay, like, you know, how can I game the system? And then from there, it's like, they end up like not actually writing quality content. And like, from what I've seen skimming over a few of your posts, it's like, they're actually like good quality. You put effort in them, you put time into them. And then like Google sees that because like yeah. what Google's trying to do is like put the best resource at the top. And if you make the best resource, which it sounds so counterintuitive because it's like, oh, how many keywords can I stuff? Or like, how do I build these links to certain ways? Like what first comes to people's mind? But um, a friend of mine actually, I mean, he just focuses on writing like the best content possible. Just like you said too, like being the resource on the topic and like 70% of their revenue comes from the content and the SEO they have. Yeah, no, and it, it's... It, it, it's a long, it's a like a long term play too. Like there's, it's not a. We saw some pretty quick wins, but by no means are we even where we should be. Like we should, we we have so much more of our sort of Google universe to capture. It's such a long term slog, but you only see gains if you're doing exactly what you say and like putting out really thoughtful pieces of content and making them super granular too. Like. Of not about like a wide range of topics, like try to like pinpoint one thing to like really write a comprehensive piece on, you know, and then, like you said, Google appreciates that. But then, you know, also like how, what is the web you're building on your website, right? Like how is everything interconnected? Every article should reference another article that's relevant and like, you know, keeping people engaged on your website, like Google also realizes like, wow, you know, they're, they've spent a lot, a lot of time on that search result we gave them. We're going to, you know, bump them up in ranking. Right. I'm curious, who's writing these posts? Are you writing them? Is someone on your team writing them? Do you have like writers or how do you get yeah. these posts created? So we, I initially I was writing them all, but I'm not, I'm really not the best writer. I'm a decent writer. But I can't, you know, there's other, uh, uh, you know, there are other, as you know, areas of the business you need to start focusing on. So blogs definitely got put to the side. Um, for me, we got really lucky when we were in New York and connecting with um, Courtney. She's our stylist now in New York. And she and her husband wrote this beautiful book on groom style. Like they did this unbelievable photo shoot a few years ago on groom style and just like super unique, like themes to groom style and whatnot. And so we were able to convince her to join our team and write for us. And I mean, she's just an incredible writer. Like I read her stuff and I'm like, oh my God, it makes me so proud. Cause I'm like, I can't, I couldn't write this well. Like That's she's awesome. You know, I, I enjoy reading our pieces and, and so I know other customers will as well. And I'm a, I'm a tough critic when it comes to like, who's creating stuff on our behalf. So yeah, we have a, we sort of have an in-house, um, huge 
resource. And, uh, and there are some of other, a few of other people on the team will dabble here and there, but she's really the engine. And then we have other people on the team that are responsible for bring, like bringing her posts to life, right? Like through social media, um, how are we getting people to see what she's writing and spending time on it and stuff like that? Right. That, that's kind of my next question. Like, what's your content promotion strategy? Are you doing any link building or anything like that? Yeah. So um, we're so sometimes um, in the past, like oftentimes what we do is like we schedule them out, you know, as like Facebook um Facebook posts, we usually boost them. Um, we'll on our Instagram, you know, we'll take a photo and kind of break down like in, in a few sentences in the caption, like what that, uh, what, like what it, the article is about, but, you know, say click and link in bio to read more, um, to bring them to the page. So we try to be very educational in our social media as well as like aspirational. But what we've been doing recently too is like, you know, sharing the blogs before we post them, you know, we're sharing them with wedding publications to say, you know, here's a really awesome piece of content. We could post it on our website, but like, but maybe this is helpful for your readers and it's got, it's backlinked to us several times in the article and we'd be happy to share it with you and give you great photos and, you know, you release it to the world. So now we're having, we're sharing things to other websites to sort of like help them refer get you know um bring brand visibility to us uh, like on our behalf right that's smart and i'm sure that's a lot easier to do now that you guys could say hey look at this awesome blog we've already put together that's doing all this awesome stuff versus like you know you come in in the beginning without anything to show for like hey can we maybe post a thing on your blog Exactly. I mean, we're, we are the experts at this point. And so we're, we're really credible. People tend to be like, Oh my God. Yeah. And like, let's be real. It's, we're talking about like poor grooms and groomsmen who don't always get a lot of attention in the wedding planning process. So anytime, uh, some, uh, we can share an article, like any publications, like, Oh my God, you wrote something about men. Sure. We'll post it. You know, like nobody's doing that. Yes, please. Um, so that's really, that's been really great. You know, the one thing too, I'll say about blogging and especially in like sharing is, and is for our, our type of company, you know, we target an audience that renews itself every year, new batch of engaged couples every year. And so we can't forget about the blogs that we've already written that are super helpful. And so we, you know, there's no shame in like reposting or resharing those articles on an annual basis because they were great last year unless it's about like seasonal trends, they're still great this year. Um, and so like, don't be afraid to recirculate posts that are relevant. And then we've, we take like a very specific approach to re to writing new, like 2019 fall wedding trend articles. And then, you know, 2020 destination wedding trend article and to kind of like then give like the new fresh content on what's happening in wedding style. Nice. Love it. Yeah. I love how you've been able to like peel back the strategy here on the podcast. This is great. Um, <laughs> I haven't talked about SEO in like a very, very, very long time. So it's, 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 it's really good to get your perspective on it. Um, I, I want to kind of like jump back a bit and do kind of like more of a high level overview of like the business growth. So like 
obviously you've been growing really, really fast. I'm just curious, like, and we kind of talked about this a bit before we hopped into the podcast and I'm sure you're not going to have like a perfect answer for it or anything, but just like, what are some tips that you've learned along the way for being able to, you know, just keep up and keep a handle on things while you're growing so fast? Oh God. I, you know, I don't think we did a great job of that in 2018 because we were, we were really like for the longest time, this company has just been pulling us, (laughs) you know, like the universe just sucked this company into its orbit. And like, we have been scrambling to keep up for sure. Um, I think for myself and my co-founder, one of the best things we did was um, we we started using a great customer service plat- platform called Zendesk. Um, it, you know, until like for the first 18 months of the business, for the first two years, I was the one answering the phone calls <laughs> to my, like they were directed to my cell phone, which was dangerous, oh, especially wow. because I, you know, in the beginning you have no boundaries. I mean, you still, you know, as an entrepreneur, like you have no boundaries about work, right. like you will work all the time. And I will answer a customer's phone call at any given hour, which, you know, after a glass or two of wine is dangerous. So, um, you know, I, we were doing a lot of our own customer service. We kind of streamlined that through this platform, but then we also hired some really key people to do even a better job in customer service than what we, we were doing ourselves. Um, and, and so we, we kind of like got some support with the customer service piece. We also offloaded shipping and fulfillment, which was a, just a beast. You know, we thought, Oh, we're going to, you know, we started shipping, from my best friend's apartment in New York, when we launched the company, we were shipping from, you know, her tiny apartment in Astoria, Queens. And we were like, you know, if we just get 10 orders a day, this is going to be great. And now fast forward, we're doing over a hundred and we were like, this is crushing us. If we're not running out of suits, running out of boxes or garment bags. And so we needed an expert in fulfillment and that's what we found. And now we have a great fulfillment partner and they handle all of that. So again, we can like focus on the business and, um, the customers. So I think, you know, you have to learn when to let go of things. Um, it's, it's a hard thing. There's still so many things right now on my plate that I need to let go of. Um, but when you do that, like new opportunities open up and the business does tend to expand. Right. It seems almost counterintuitive. It's like, Oh, nobody can do it as good as me or this or this or this. But, um, one thing I heard recently is like, if somebody can just do it like 50 or 80% as good as you, it's just better to give it to that person. Yeah. I mean, what I'm finding is honestly, they're doing a way better job than me. I know. Right. Uh, Like that's what I thought too. In the beginning, I was like, man, like, like in the beginning I was doing all of like the design work and stuff for my business myself. And then I was like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty good. Right. I'm like a designer. And then it's like, you bring somebody on who actually knows what they're doing. And you're just like, Oh my goodness. I'm never touching that again. And they're like, yeah, we're not going to let you. It's like, Oh, like those are the type of people. Like when you find those people, it's just like, Oh, yeah. It's great. You feel a yeah, lot better about letting go. Yeah. And that's a sign, right? You're hiring really well is when like you, people are doing things better than you. I, even like social media, I used to do all of our social media. Now Haley on our team does social media and her posts are a billion times better than the ones that I was doing. And I thought I was like pretty creative um, and she's just crushing it. So I'm like, well, you're doing that for the rest of your life here because I will never touch Instagram again, like ever. Yeah, that's awesome. What are like, what are some of your strategies for hiring good people? Um, you know, we have had the best luck 
fortune uh, through our networks, you know, finding friends, asking, you know, our one of our first hires here in Chicago, once we, Jean and I were the only ones in the company until we moved it here to Chicago in 2017, uh, May, 2017. Um, but when we moved here, we, re, we kind of preemptively reached out to our networks here and I reached out to some friends and I said, you know, we're moving, we need some great people. So a friend recommended Julie, who is, uh, who's one of our first hires here. And then, um, a wedding planner that we really loved and connected with recommended one of her past brides, who was actually also one of our first customers. She was like, oh, wow. uh, Suzanne was like, Diana, I know somebody you can hire. She was one of, you know, her too. She was one of your first brides, Katie, you should talk to her. And so it was so, it was super cool. Cause we hired like a friend of a friend and then we hired one of our customers. <laughs> and then, you know, from there, like we've hired and, you know, through our network, our friends network, um, and that has proven to be just a great model for us. We're, you know, thinking about expanding to new cities. And honestly, the expansion strategy is like, where do we know awesome people? You know, I have a really good girlfriend in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas is a great wedding market. Like, why don't we throw a store down there? Because she's awesome. She would be such a delight. And, you know, that's the hardest part is like when you're expanding your brand, it, especially physically with new like store locations, you need the right people to do it in an authentic way that like, you know, you can be proud of and like nobody's going to do it better than like a friend of yours. So um, that's sort of our strategy. Yeah. I like it. Tap in the network. Yeah. I mean, I know exactly. a lot of companies who, I mean, it's like some companies scale the whole like indeed or whatever. Um, but I know a lot of really successful businesses with great cultures who it's just like, Anytime they get a role, like the first thing they do is just kind of like ping everybody on the team or, or, you know, the people they know. And they're like, hey, who do you know would be a good fit? And they end up building the team out that way. And I mean, as a result, they have a really great culture. And it's just, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's great. So like as we start to, so we're starting to run out of time here, which stinks. But um, I want to ask you a few more questions before we sign off. Um, But first things first, like, I guess this is kind of like my last main question, like looking back over all the things that have happened over the last few years since you started the business back in 2016, like, is there anything looking back that you might do differently now? Oh, sure. Um, yeah, we've like, there've been some failures for sure. I mean, nothing too, nothing too detrimental because you, if you do things, if you do one thing, one thing you should do well is fail fast. And we do that. We don't linger on something, but you know, when it comes to fundraising, I, we, um, haven't done much in the way of fundraising, but what we have raised, we've raised from pretty much friends and family and that's been awesome. I mean, our rounds have gone so fast. If I would, could do things over again, I might've been a little bit more strategic and while we love our friends and family and we want to bring them along there, fundraising is such a great opportunity to gain skills and expertise as well as, as a check and I might, and now that we're in our seed round, a seed round, we are being like a little bit more diligent in accepting investors that not only can write a check, but have marketing experience or supply chain or e-commerce because 
when, you know, that is so valuable. And when you're growing a company and, and for us, you know, we're still, we're always trying to be profitable. Um, it's, you know, payroll like skills is something that you pay a lot of money for. And if you have it in an investor, um, or at least some guidance there, that is super valuable. So yeah, that's the one thing I kind of keep going back to, um, is, uh, is, is getting investors with um, expertise that's valuable. Yeah, that's smart. Um, and it's a good strategy too. Like, I mean, not only are they giving you their money, but like having them be able to help you. Like you said, like without the extra payroll, it's like they want you to be successful anyway. So yeah. if you can find the people with the right skills, they can really help you accelerate your growth in terms of money, um, you know, and that knowledge, which is awesome. Um, that's great. Yeah. And as we start to wrap up here, before we sign off, do you have any other like closing thoughts or just like general words of advice to end on? You know, one thing that I always love to, one piece of advice I always love to give like young brands or people that are thinking about starting, especially in like retail, because it's so fiercely competitive is um, we have what, one thing that's kind of remarkable, we've never really discounted our product. Uh, we've never done a public sale. It's something super unique for our space because, you know, in the wedding industry, it's like buy Jose Bank or men's warehouses, like buy three suits, get one free. And like, we just made, we said from the beginning, we're going to offer the lowest price and that's just going to be it. Like, we're not going to do any games. Like it's just the two of us initially, like we don't have the manpower to manage the game theory that is discounts. And so I would, I always encourage brands and, and there are a lot of other brands that are doing this as well, well now too, but like, don't discount your product when you initially start, like it will, if you don't discount your product initially, you will be able to leverage that later in different ways for growth. Um, and now because we have very healthy product, we have very healthy margins, our, our, um, cost of goods sold has gone down because we're doing higher volume. Like now we have some room and because we've never played these discount games, like we have some room to do some really creative things to grow sales. And we've also just built a brand that's not based on price. And like, especially with Amazon these days, like the race to the lowest possible price is, is like one where there are no winners. Like you don't want to play that game with Amazon. You want to be more than a transaction to your customers. You want to be this experience and like trusted brand. And so, um, yeah, I would just say stay away from discount and like build a value proposition to your product or brand. That's like not, that is not based on price. Right. I think that's good advice. Like if you're going to discount, like really go into it strategically and really know things. And yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying as far as building the brand too. Um, you know, that's really important. And especially in the beginning, I think like the very, very beginning, people are so afraid. It's like, you know, like n nobody's going to buy unless they have a discount. It's like, they're so desperate for the money. Oh yeah. Um, but it's I like, mean, I had guys like, yeah. I, we still have got every day we get something that's like, really, but what's your discount, Diana? Like you, that's crazy, right? You know that everybody does a thing. Like, what's your thing? And I'm like, no, no, we have no thing. You can, you do not have to buy from us. We are the best thing out there, but like shop around and they always come back. So, um, you just have to, it's that's so such a power scary, move when you it's tell so people, you're like, Hey, just shop around. You're like, shop around. Yeah. We're the best. It's yeah. like, oh, power move. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, if you think you're going to find somebody better, then go with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's, you know, you're the best when you can say that. Yeah, 
Exactly. That's and that's awesome. how you, that's the, that's the business you want to be in, right? Like that's the, that's the product you want to sell. Like that's the business you want to launch is when you know you're the best, you found like the right gap in the market, the right product or service like that nobody else is doing. And like, you, that's the business you should start. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys have found a great spot um, and you're definitely taking advantage of it and you're working hard, which is great to see. As we wrap up here, where can we go to learn more about you and your company? Sure. So you can find us online at www.thegroomsmansuit.com. It's groomsman, M-A-N, thegroomsmansuit.com. And, um, you know, we are more than just a brand. We're more than just a great product. We offer a variety of services to our couples, whether that's our great fit finder tool to help find a suit. You know, shopping online can be a little scary, especially for a suit. And the workplace is becoming more casual, so guys aren't always certain of their size. We have really helpful fit finder that can guide you to the right size. You can also always give us a call and we'll talk through that with you. But, you know, beyond that, we manage the ordering process for our customers. So we take care of uh, chasing all the guys down and making sure they're ordering on time and in the right sizes. We want our couples to love their wedding photos. And so having guys in sloppy suits is definitely one way to ruin that. And we um, never have that happen. So... Yeah, we're kind of like a whole suite of services uh, for couples getting married, and we look forward to hearing from them. That's awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming up on the show. I'll I'll make sure to link that all. (laughs) Actually, what I was trying to say is I'll link that all up in the show notes below. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Great. Well, it's been a pleasure, Dylan. And um, yeah, I look forward to uh, following your podcast too. You've had some great interviews in the past and seeing who's coming up and um, definitely a fan. So I appreciate it. It's a real honor. That means a lot. That means a lot. Uh, We got some (laughs) really good, and I'm not just saying this, like we have some really, really awesome episodes in the pipeline with like really big companies that you guys have definitely heard of like with the cmos of these companies and how oh, they do their marketing I so definitely listen any cmo i like to oh, write into it's a good company <laughs> i feel like you might even i, I can't, i'm not gonna say the name oh you got it I, I, maybe i'll tell you after the recording we're still live right now but <laughs> I, I don't want to actually it'll probably already be out well i don't know we'll see we'll see i'm gonna keep the hype okay. going on, out here on the episode you guys will find out about the episode that's why you got to subscribe to the podcast because there's some awesome episodes coming out. Um, but anyway, thanks so much for coming on the show, Diana. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Dylan. Thanks a lot. Now, listener, before I sign off, stop me if this sounds familiar. Your email marketing is stuck. You feel like you could be doing email better. You're not generating enough email revenue, and you feel like you're leaving money on the table. But you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or, or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this. Imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list, or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands. At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak Method that, number one, makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. Let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store, and they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. 
you, you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how or, or what, what your wife is going to do or if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge and it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures uh, to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Waybreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue, and then we'll execute it for you. If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to waybreak.co to schedule a call with me. And I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible. And we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop. 